Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. I really need you to let these scriptures sink into you. I'm afraid that sometimes we just kind of read through the scripture uh, to get to the sermon, but the sermon is the scripture, so I, I really need you to get it into your spirit as we read it this morning. Isaiah 55 and 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way. I want you to kind of scratch out wicked there and put your name. Oh, not that you're wicked. (laughs) Amen. But I need you to personalize this scripture. Amen. Because we don't have to be wicked to be stuck in our own way. Am I right about it? So let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Now, before we... Uh, read the rest of these. I, I just need you to know, I know you're not sitting and you may want to take notes, but we might come back to it. To, to forsake means to desert or abandon. So he said, you need to forsake and abandon your way and you need to forsake and abandon your thoughts. I'm going to show you why in a minute. And let him return into the Lord and God will have mercy on him to our God And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. God cannot, if you will, he cannot come to you until you abandon your way. Amen. You may be asking God to do something he cannot do because, is it hot in here? Is it just me? It's hot in here, man. Uh, 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 He he, he can't. uh, Matter of fact, let's just read the next scripture first. One you've heard quoted a lot. God said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are huh, higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are so much higher than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not hither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Are y'all with me? But it, let's just read this together. But it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. You need to quit sending your thoughts and start sending God's thoughts. Isn't that good already? Okay, turn with me now to Romans chapter number 12. Now some of y'all already know my scriptures because you're on flock note. Y'all all getting that? The scripture's coming out flock note because I wanted you to be ahead of the game and kind of go there with me. If you're not on flock note, all you got to do is see uh, Josh or Kobe or one of these guys in the foyer and they'll put you on it. And uh, it helps me stay on the same page with the body and helps you to stay on the same page with me. Um, Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your... It's just common sense, dude. Huh? I mean, ben, he's been so good. I mean, he did pay an awfully great price for you to stay out of hell. <laughs> Somebody ought to lap the building on that right there, fruit. <laughs> he likes to call running over there. And here it is. It's what we preached last week. And be not conformed to this world. Negative peer pressure. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye by what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If only you could understand the implications of that scripture. Don't be tempted to fall for the peer pressure of this world, but rather let the renewing of your mind transform your entire body. Amen. And the only way your mind can be transformed is if you forsake your way of thinking, which is a low way of thinking, and start thinking on a high level. I'm telling you, I'm going to preach to big boys, so you're going to put your big boy breeches on and receive this word. Because what I'm about to preach to you, nobody can smear oil on you and give it to you. Is anybody in this place? Nobody can do it for you. You're going to have to take the word. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or demonstrate what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, to the scriptures I sent to you on flock note, turn there. Second Peter, chapter number one. Verse number two. It says, Grace and peace be what? Multiplied to you how? In other words, you mean I can't come up there and let you say some special prayer on me and all of a sudden I have an abundance of peace and grace? Are y'all following me? Oh, I got to get, you got to listen. I tell you what, just be seated so y'all don't get tired. <laughs> y'all go to fussing in your mind. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge. Amen. If you want a superabundance of grace and peace, then there has to be a greater level of knowledge. Amen. Not prayer, not fasting, knowledge. I'm all for prayer and fasting. It needs to go with it. Amen. But without a, 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 an intimate knowledge with Christ, Amen. Matter of fact, I don't know what level of grace or peace you're on right now, but I can tell you it is exactly equivalent to your knowledge. Amen. So you don't have to fret. You don't have to be mad. You don't have to blame God. If you want more of it, get to know him more. Amen. A counseling session ain't going to do it unless that counselor knows how to lead you into a greater. Amen. 
So the awesome thing to this is, amen, if you want more grace and more peace, amen, it's, it's, it's all in your hands. I love that. A lot of us don't love it because we want to we trust our weight. We want to trust our health. We want to trust our mental health to somebody else. We don't like to assume responsibility. Amen. So these scriptures are so powerful, and I just hope you dug into them. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things. I'm telling you, I could read my scriptures and dismiss. His divine power has given unto us what? How many things? All things that what? Not just life either, but abundant life. Amen. I don't know where we are or where you are as an individual, but I do know this. Everything you need to live in abundance has already been given to you. My God, that's the word, man. It's already there. It's already there. That pertain unto life and godliness. Uh-oh. But it's through what? <laughs> the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you may be partakers of the divine nature of God. Having, oh, somebody got to underline that word. Having escaped. To escape means to break free from confinement or control. To escape means to break free. Isn't it? So if the Bible uses the word escape, it, ins it insinuates that you are being held against your will. Some of you are not where you want to be. Some of us are being held in mindsets we don't like. But there ain't but one way out. How's that? There ain't but one way of escape. having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, I'm going to do what I don't normally do, but I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to, you stay where you are, but I'm going to ask uh, Josh to take us to these same scriptures in the Amplified Bible. And I want us to read them together. Is that it? Righteousness seems like it's starting in the middle of a scripture. I can't hear y'all. Oh, thank you. That's all right. I'm, I'm a little slow, but I'll get there. Just keep on hollering. That's the way it was in school. It took me a little while. About 15 years. I graduated. May grace, God's favor and peace, listen, which is, it defines it, perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. Freedom from agitating passions and moral conflict. Does anybody ever do with agitating passions? <laughs> Y'all are lying. You lie like a dog. You sit there and, and lie like a dog. Every one of you. God forgive them for lying. 
frustrating. Not just agitating passions, but moral conflicts. Huh? I ain't going to say nothing, but I know I got your number. It's word, don't miss nobody. Amen? Uh, and moral conflicts. Amen. He said that, that this is what gives you freedom from that. This Bible's hard for me to keep up with up there on the screen. Be multiplied in you. The full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Oh God, through the full, personal, precise, you can't halfway read your Bible. Aim small, hit small. Are you following me? You can't nonchalantly read your Bible and experience this kind of transformation. You got to be precise. Personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God. You got to make sure you get it right. It ain't good enough to just read a scripture. If I don't know it, it can't produce in my life. And of Jesus, uh, knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are required requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. Stay with me now. I know the Amplified is awful wordy. Somebody said a woman must have wrote the Amplified. That didn't go over good. King James wrote a scripture and it's that long. Amplified, it's that long. That tells you a woman wrote it. By means of these, catch this and we're going to preach. By means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises. Here's the whole uh, crux of the message. So that through them, you can escape. Oh, somebody give the Lord a hand, pray. Leave it on the screen. I've given you all you need to make your escape. You cannot escape without his promise. You cannot, there's no way out without his word. That, so that through them, through them via promises, you can make your escape by flight. What are you escaping? The moral decay. Rottenness, corruption, the moral decay of a stinking thinking that is in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed, and become sharers, partakers of the divine nature of God. God, them so powerful scriptures. And I know y'all probably got so many thoughts running because you've been studying on these. But I want to back up and tie together. I don't know if this will be the consummation of a series, but I do need to back up and get you with me before I'm going today. And I promise if you'll stay with me in the spirit and not just with your eyeballs out there, God's going to equip you to make your escape. Uh, I uh, was almost in temp uh, uh, tempted to title this message, The Great Escape. Because escape means to break free from the confinement or the control of something. Can I tell you, and I just need to let you know this right off, we are all escapees. 
If you're saved and born again and in the kingdom of God, you ain't nothing but an escapee. You know what that means? That means there's an old warden still looking for me. Yeah, he's still looking for me because he still thinks he owns me. So the only way I can remain an escapee is to stay in the high place with God because the warden can't live at the high place. Oh, is anybody listening to me? So if I leave the high place and go back to the low place of thinking, the old warden is still there. Y'all ain't going to help me. Let me try. Come all over here. Amen. Are you listening to me? He's waiting to take you back to prison. Amen. That's why someone can walk at such a high level. Amen. And because of stinking thinking, fall back to the low way and be captured by the same warden. Amen. It's not, oh, let me help somebody. It's not that they were not free because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. But if you let your mind fall, you fall. Can I tell you, you never fall before your mind falls. Your actions never fall until your mind falls. And when your thinking gets to stinking, you start stinking. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye by the renewing of your mind. Take the top off it, please, sir. So before we go any further, while I take a drink, I need you to shake your neighbor real good or holler across the aisle and tell them I'm an escapee. Oh, my God, I just told the Holy Spirit, said, you need to know that. Because if, if you forget that, if you forget that, if you forget you're a wanted person, you liable to slack up on your thinking and start walking down a path you ain't supposed to be walking down. Oh, am I okay? Am I okay? That's why the Bible says walk circumspectly. I got to walk careful. Amen. Because as long as I'm in my new identity, he can't, rec- I can't get he can't recognize me. He can't catch me. Are you listening to me? But when I slip back in my old identity, he said, oh, I know him. He's a wanted person. My God, that, that'll preach and I ain't got time to play with it. Yeah, you only escape each is like I am. My wife got up and talked to about, like, to, about me like I was trash a while ago. She's still grateful God changed this old boy. You hear me? But I have made my escape. I said I made my escape through the word. Ah. Amen. But let me tell you, if I start thinking like a drunk again and I start hanging out in that beer joint again, that old warden will find me and I'll be sitting on a bar stool again. Is anybody listening to me? And it ain't because I wasn't free. So, let's go back. Man, I wish my clock was back there. So is my clock laying around? Would you put it up back there? I don't know why, but... Our first message was uh, preaching on the coat that was tied, okay? Uh, most of you heard that, amen? Uh, so, I just need to make a little bit of a, pref- a preface. The coat and the, uh, the coat's mom was tied, And they were tied there with destiny because Jesus said, go untie the colt, bring it to me, and I'm going to ride the colt in, right? 
Amen. This was prophesied 700 or more years before by Zechariah. In Zechariah chapter number 9, verse number 9. He said, Behold, your king is coming. And he's coming in low. <laughs> oh, I got a message on that. He's coming in low. And he's riding on a donkey. And it said that they would be tied at a certain place. Do y'all remember that sermon? Well, we took a lot of time to explain that the, not only was the colt tied, he had destiny that was predestined 700 years before he was born. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but he found himself tied. Not only was he tied, he was tied in front of a door. Your Bible says he was tied in front of a door. He, not only was he tied in front of a door, he was tied where two ways meet. All that's in your Bible. It's amazing. Amen. So we learned from uh, 1 Corinthians 16 and 9 that the Bible says, Paul said, a great door of effectiveness has been opened up to me and the adversity is great. Right? So we brought the message together to, to show us that the coat was actually tied at a place of great opportunity. But the problem with the place of great opportunity, it was where two mindsets clashed. <laughs> oh, it's so hard to just bring up an old message and move on. Amen. Are you listening to me? Uh, so in other words, the coat was standing at a place of opportunity. He was a cult of destiny and did not even know it. He couldn't access destiny because he was tied. Amen. Which insinuates the point, and you have to say amen by experience, anytime you get put in a position for change, anytime you come to a door of opportunity, there will always be adversity to keep you from stepping into opportunity. And, and it's the greatest opportunity that you, I mean, uh, the greater the opportunity, the greater the adversity. And as a result, multitudes of churches and individuals are tied at the door of opportunity because they're still struggling with two mindsets. One which is saying you can change. One which is saying you are bigger than this. One is saying what God is saying. But the other mindset is telling you you've always been a failure. You've never made it. You failed over. Is anybody in this place that can be real this morning? Amen. So you will never make it. 2 Corinthians 16 and 9. You can always tell. Oh, somebody better catch this stuff this morning. You can always tell how close you are to an effective change by the measure of the adversity. I just got to ask this question. Has anybody been feeling the contrary winds of opposition? <laughs> Amen. Well, you can, the only way you can measure the mega, the only way you can measure the size or the effectiveness of the change you're about to step into is by measuring the adversity that's in your life right now. For the greater the adversity, the greater the opportunity. On any level. I don't care if you're thinking about changing your, your, your diet plan. I don't care if you start trying to get a hold of your health. I don't care if you're trying to get your budget in order. Amen. Anytime it comes time for change, there's going to be winds of adversity. Amen. It's always adversity in trying to go to the next level. Freddie, it's almost like shifting gears. Did anybody learn how to drive in a standard? 
Wow, kind of surprised. Of course, all the little ones, are, the kids are out of here today, I guess. In a standard car. Most of you probably, a lot of you probably don't know how to drive a standard car. But it don't matter how good you are at it. When you start to go from one speed to another speed, there's that little hesitation. When you depress the clutch, there's a little bit of a uh, hesitation. And I remember when I was learning how to drive, I'd match the clutch and my uncle's over there saying, that's not the right hold. It's not the, is anybody listening to me? This is what change can be like sometimes when you're trying to go from one dimension into the next dimension and it's time to shift into a higher speed. You can find yourself trying to go in the wrong hole. That's not second, Dean. That's, that's, that's third. You got to get out of third. And then I'd get it in third and boom, boom. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It just, remember Flukey? It just jumped and hop, hop, hop. Uh, and it didn't have no power in it. So I'm sweating and I, you know, my uncle, uh, Uncle Marky, he was over here, I think it was, trying to tell me, no, it's the wrong gear. Get it out of that gear. Amen. Slap your neighbor, tell him he's talking about change. This is the way change can be. Amen. You get in the wrong gear. You try to do the right thing and you overdo that. Is anybody in this place? And it's just losing power and grinding. Amen. Amen. And all because you wanted to go to the next level. All because you wanted to pick up speed. Amen. Is anybody in this place? Huh? And if you're not careful, you'll just put it back in first. <laughs> oh my God, this is going to be too real for y'all to help me. You just put it back in first. Just wave at them when they go by. They'll go right on ahead. I'm too in. I'm preaching so I'm too insecure to try again. At least I'm still going in the right direction. I blew it on that first sermon. I blew it on that first song. I blew it on that first testimony on the street. I was grinding and hiccuping. Oh, Jesus, help me. Amen. I just want to tell somebody about Jesus. And I walked around there. I'm not even sure if I know him anymore. I mean, I didn't know what to tell him. So I'm just going to, I'm going to shift back in neutral. I'm in, in first. Oh my God, that was a sermon, wasn't it? Josh, wait on me. Or right, I'll just kick her in neutral. Just kick her in neutral. Oh my God, I'm just going to wait around because I'm after her. I'm going to look you in the eyeballs. Amen. All that power, all that gifting, all that horsepower, all that anointing, all that ability, and I just kicked her in neutral because I blew it when I tried to go to the next level. Who am I preaching to in this place? I'm going to show you how to shift. I got to where I didn't use the clutch no more. Boy, I just got to where you get to ride RPMs. Amen. And you get the right speed and you get everything synchronized. You can just. I remember when I'd get it, I'd look over. Talk to me, Unc. Talk to me now. Is anybody with me? I've been helping you get out of first gear this morning. It's change. It's change. Uh, matter of fact, I preached a message on. Uh, you got my, my graph on, y'all remember on strategic inflection point? I asked Josh to pull this up. Man, we've done some preaching on this right here that changed our lives. Amen. Because somebody is going to break a cycle in your life. 
with nothing but the word of God by the Holy Spirit of the living God. You're finna, I come, I come loaded for you, amen. If this don't help you today, it's because you don't want to be helped. I preached that last week, amen. I found out the first requisite for escape is the desire to do so. Some of us are dysfunctional and we like it. Because it gives me the okay to be ugly and stupid and any other word I could throw out there right now. Amen. Are you listening to me? There is no excuse when God has put everything in us. So we, we, we dealt with this a while. And this is what's going on in our lives right now as a whole as life church. And some of you as an individual. Amen. That if you could see the whole graph, that's a circle on the bottom. And that's the way you think. That's the way you act. Amen. It's circular. It always runs in cycles and seasons. Amen. Uh, companies do this. Businesses do this. this, this you could use this in a, in a business room for a business going to the next level. Amen. Because if you don't break the cycle, you can never grow. And the world will pass you up. Amen. So we, we, we taught on this strategic inflection point is when you come to the point to where you say, you know what? I'm tired of thinking like that. Because I behave like I think. So I'm going to change. Somebody shout change. I am going to change. But the problem with change is it means thinking on a higher level. Isaiah 55. Are y'all with me? It means I got to forsake the path that I've been on. And I got to start taking a path I'm not comfortable with. Oh my God. I got to start taking a different path in how I think. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Either I can stay on the same cycle or I can take a new path. But the problem is, and this is actually uh, a, a graph uh, for business rooms for companies. This is not even a spiritual graph. This is what companies do when they say, you know what? We're losing customers. We're losing revenue. We got to make a change. You know what? I want somebody here to say, you know what? I'm losing peace. I'm losing joy. I'm losing victory. I got to make a change. I got to make a change. What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same exact thing, expecting to get different results. And we call that faith. Webster calls it crazy. You crazy. High five your neighbor and just tell him you crazy. You just crazy. You slap crazy. Some of y'all scared to do that. If you are, just tell them I'm crazy. The problem with this is, look at the bottom. It says status quo. Status quo is first gear. It's comfortable. Ain't no pressure there. I ain't got to try to, I ain't got to learn nothing. I ain't got to discipline myself. God almighty. I, I, can just, I can just stay right here. I'm going to heaven. You're going to heaven. You know? We all going to get there. I just may get there a little slower than you. But when you start to make change in your life, and I told you last week, drugs are not hard to break. Somebody said, that would be easy for you to say. But as it relates to changing the mindset, that's the hardest thing you'll ever break because that's who you are. So in between, and remember I played the piano up here and I showed you what, when you start making the change, there's the blue area and you can't read it, but it's, I guess you can, you may have better eyes than I do, but it says dissonance gap. 
there's a dissonance gap, amen, that goes between. And, and dissonance means the lack of harmony. So when you're talking about cognition dissonance, it's when two disharmonious thoughts are clashing with one another. Two ways are clashing with one another. I, I hear what God's saying, but it's clashing with what I'm saying. I read the Bible and get what God's thinking, but it's clashing with what I'm thinking, and I'm in a dissonance gap. Oh my God, this is helping me if it ain't helping nobody else. I'm in, it's tension. There's no harmony in it. If that piano was on, I'd play it. Amen. When I play the piano, you can get the idea of what dissonance means. Lack of harmony. Some of you are in this place right now. Amen. And there's a clash and tension between what you say about yourself and what God says about yourself. Oh, my God. But if you'll just keep saying what he's saying and thinking what he's thinking, look, these lines are getting further and further and further until all of a sudden you're living on a higher level. Oh my God, I don't know how to get any more clearer than that. Amen. So, so it's, a, it's a struggle to be successful. Might as well say amen. And what I mean by struggle is you got to change some things. You got to change your thought pattern. You got to change your ways. You got to change your, I had a definition. I got paper notes. Way, forsake your way, your course of action or your course of life or your mode of action. He said change your thoughts, which means in, forsake your thoughts, which is your intentions, your plans, or your faculty of forming ideas or images. He said, you got to forsake your own faculty of how you form ideas and images because you have formed an image about yourself that is deceitful. Oh, God. It's deceitful. It's not who you are. It's who the devil says you are. It's maybe who a past life said you are. It may be how a parent said you are. It may be how a community judged you as. But I tell you it's a lie. And you can't start thinking like God's thinking until you forsake what you're thinking. Change. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. But here's the problem. Changing a way of thinking is so hard that the Bible called it escapism. Isn't that amazing? That word just jumped out to me. Escape means I'm confined and it's going to take planning. Huh? I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm, in, I'm behind bars, so I'm going to have to figure out a way to get a hacksaw blade made so at night, when nobody's looking, I can be. Oh, my God. Is anybody listening to me? Huh? It's the only way I'm going to get out of here. The warden ain't going to let me out of here. Amen. My, my, my uh, uh, partner on the other side of the cell, he can't let me out of here. He's just as bound as I am. Now, that needs to be preached. You might be getting information from somebody who's just. 
Oh, you might be, you might be getting counseling from somebody, amen, that's just as dysfunctional. So you got to get a word in the middle of the night and start <laughs> saying, I know I don't belong here. This is not who. Listen. So change, this change that somebody's trying to make here, this change that all of us, and this process never stops. Amen. It never stops because I'm always going from one level of glory to the next level of glory. Amen. And some of us are stuck in bondage. We're stuck in defeat. Saved as a goose. Well, that ain't the way that goes. It's lost as a goose, ain't it? Well, Saved as a duck. Saved as you can be. I don't know. Just saved. Saved in your spirit, bound in your mind. I just need to tell somebody, you're not bound in your body. You're bound in your mind. You're not even bound in your spirit. You're bound in your mind. Because your spirit is trying to pull you up. And your flesh is still pulling you down. And, and, and the reason I can't go up is because I, I haven't learned how to say goodbye to me. Oh, Kobe preached it one time. Amen. Hey, listen to me. We're not successful because we're trying to bury ourselves without true death. I, I, I can't go because I can't say goodbye. I say I hate the way I am, but I must love the way I am because I keep acting the way I am. All right, let's, let's, let's go a little further. This, this is the way it come to me. So I want to talk to someone who's struggling to make an escape mentally. It's, it, it, it's a struggle. It can be a struggle. The Bible says fight the fight of faith. To me, that's kind of what it's talking about right there. I got to fight a negative way of thinking. I got to fight old habits that still form in my mind. I, I didn't say I was still doing the habits, but you can quit a habit long before you break it in your mind. Oh, y'all can't say nothing right there, but I need to get an amen. Oh, you sitting there speaking in tongues, being holier than I, <laughs> acting all holy, and that mind still doing. I, I'm telling you, I'm ready to make my escape. How about you? And that change, Sister Helen, that change can be difficult. It's, it's frustrated to be changed positionally and tied mentally. Oh, God, who's that for? It's frustrating. It's frustrating to try to live in one level, but I'm still holding on to a dysfunctional mindset. I just wish somebody could be real with me this morning, amen. I know I'm supposed to be, because you see, I was changed positionally. I was called out of darkness into this marvelous light. I'm not in darkness anymore, but it's frustrating to try to walk in light when there's so much darkness still in my mind. Frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. And a lot of people can't talk about it. They won't talk about it because you walking around like you got it all together. Can I release life, church? Can I release life, church? Oh, can I release you to let you know we all come to a divine strategic inflection point and we all had to shift gears and we all had to make that turn. Amen. So I can stand on the sideline and coach you if you'd be honest with me. Amen? Oh, but no, I don't want nobody to think that I'm not arrived. Don't, 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 don't want nobody to think 
that I, I hadn't arrived, that, that, that I'm not there yet. It's frustrating. Spirit's free, but the mind is bound. I need somebody to just write that down because you didn't think it could happen. You're the proof it can happen. Can I get a witness? Some of us is the proof it can happen. Free in my spirit, meaning my spirit was quickened. My spirit was quickened. My spirit was quickened. Ephesians chapter number two, verse number one. He who was dead in trespasses and sin, has he quickened us? Amen. He has quickened us. He made me alive. But my spirit can be alive and my mind still tied at the door where two ways meet. Oh, is anybody listening to whom am I preaching to? Amen. And, it, and it's frustrating and it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Oh, I'm going to help you. It's, I'm, I'm going to help you. Let me help somebody right here, right now, and I'm going to try to move on to get into Isaiah. You, you ain't coming out of what you're in feet first. You can't come out hands first. You can, you can walk around in this area. You can do all the works in this area. You can do all the right things with your hands in this area. Amen. But God taught us when the first child was born, there ain't but one way to go from one dimension into the next dimension, and that's head first. Somebody ought to help me right here. I said, the only way you're going to get out of this is come out head first. Amen. Religion will try to bring you out breach birth. I said, religion will try, <coughs> try to get you out in breach birth. Amen. Where your body's out and your hands may be up. Oh, God, this is so good. I wish I was bold enough I'd put a picture up there of a baby being breech born. I teach you. Amen. Uh, I don't know if it really happens, but I could picture it. Just his whole body out. Amen. He can hold the doctor's finger. Amen. He can walk if mama get up. Is anybody listening to me? Well, that put a picture in your mind. Amen. That's what religion says. If you'll do this and do that and do that, sooner or later you're going to be free. He said, no, that's breach birth. The only way out of this is head first. I said, the only way you're going to come out of this is head first. And the reason that it's so dangerous to be breach born is because it's the head that enlarges the pelvis. So if they let you be breach born, that's why that doctor say, uh-uh. <laughs> Whoop, that's his butt, not his head. Whoop. <laughs> huh? You going back, dude. You can't, oh God, that's pretty. You can't come out that way. Whoa, let me help somebody right now. You can't come out that way. It may, you may think you're getting out, and your body may be in a spiritual dimension. Amen. But if you don't come out head first, your pelvis don't, her pelvis don't get big enough, so your head gets stuck. Oh my God, that's good. So I'm doing everything, but in my mind, I'm still stuck in the next. Uh, I'm still stuck in the arena I came from. Is anybody listening to me? I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Oh yeah, I'm doing everything. And everybody thinks I got the victory, but my mind is in bondage. Oh my God. My mind is in turmoil and I'm just stuck. And when it happens, when the head gets there, it pinches the navel cord and cuts off the blood flow and the baby dies. That's reading, they don't let them be breech born. Even when they cut them open, they look for that head. <laughs> Tell you never, there ain't but one way out. It's head first. 
is head first. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye by the renewing of your mind. Because when you get your mind right, your hands will start doing what they're supposed to. When you, oh Jesus, when you start thinking like he thinks, amen, and acting like he acts, you'll start walking like he walks. You'll start talking like he talks. Are y'all getting anything out of this? So, so how do, how do I make my way escape? Because I'm preaching to a whole lot of people right now that's out in body only. But you're not out in your mind. And how you can prove that is you're cyclical. Because see, in this old paradigm, once you get to the bottom, you start back up, and oh, everything's good. You happy. Everybody's happy. We all smiling. We all worshiping. God, this is real, ain't it? Everybody's happy, doing good on top of the world. I love you, Jesus, and everybody else. Amen. But if you stay in that same cycle and refuse to grow, sooner or later, it's inevitable. And then you go into depression, oppression, aggravation, and... Oh, God, this is too real this morning, isn't it? Here we go again. Cycle. And everybody else has got to wait for your cycle to come back around. <laughs> Woo, I want to say some stuff. I just don't know if it's legal. Amen. It's like that woman in her cycle. I always knew. <laughs> always knew. When she, when she quit hugging and starts biting. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Me and y'all don't say nothing. Y'all just sit right there and look straight ahead. Scott, he's laughing. He knows. He uh-huh, that newlywed can change from a minute. <laughs> oh, I know I shouldn't be talking like this, but it works. Amen. Because it messes up hormones and it just messes up everything. Are you listening to me? And they're over cutting up chicken and yuck, yuck. Oh, my God. I just walked in the kitchen to say, honey, can I have a... Whoa, whoa. I'll get a drink from the water hose. You just go right ahead. I'll drink from a ditch. Lord, I have... Huh? And church members go through this because they don't understand, and they're in another cycle. So we got to stand around and watch you and put... Thank you. Thank you from a woman. <laughs> thank you. Amen. So we got to wait till your cycle comes back around. And meanwhile, we got to stand off on the sideline somewhere. Hey, we still love you. Love you, but I ain't coming up there to you. <laughs> God Almighty, I'm trying to help this church go to maturity. Amen. Are you listening to me? Why? Because you haven't learned, amen, how to go from one dimension to the other. We haven't learned to step into another level of maturity that sometimes Kobe preached it last week. I got to step beyond my feelings and emotions and declare God is good when I don't feel God. God is great when I don't see God. Is anybody in? You'll know you got her up in the second. Somebody shout change. It's amazing to me how people disappear off the pews. Huh? This morning's proof of it. My pastor always taught me members are like a, a motor. A motor always starts missing before it quits. I thought he was just an old country boy, but man, I tweet that now. We, we didn't have tweeters back then, but I'd tweet it now. 
Are you listening to me? Huh? You, you start missing when you start thinking on the low level. And if you stay there long enough, is anybody listening to you? That old warden's going to find you and put you back in jail. Can we go a little deeper now? Is that clock right? So he said, the only way you're going to come up out of this is you can sit on these pews and go to heaven in your bondage or you can get a hold of this word today and bring change and transformation into your life. So he said, the only way you're going to be able to change is you got to forsake your way of thinking. Not just your thinking, you got to forsake your ways. Forsake means to leave, desert, abandon. Is anybody listening to me? You got to abandon your way of thinking. You got to abandon your course of life. You got to uh, denounce. Somebody shout denounce. You got to, de- to, to denounce how you used to think. Nobody can do this for you. The only way you can get out, the only way you can make your way of escape is, according to the word, through the promise. Right? Through the promise. Through the word. Amen. I can't escape on your word. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through what? Whose knowledge? Your knowledge. Amen. I can tell you all day long how to get escape. You can read your Bible all day long. Come on, I'm preaching to people in this building because you read it. You can read it all day long. But until you become one with a promise and say, yeah, I got an anger problem. I go into fits of rage, but he promised me he has not given me that spirit. He has promised me love, power, and self-control. So I'm going to use this promise. I'm going to start thinking on this promise. I'm going to start acting on this promise, and it starts leading me out. This is my way of escape. This is my way of escape. Some of you are fighting battles thinking you're in prison and there's an exit over there. It's right there. There's this big sign right over top of it. It's an exit. I need everybody right now to make yourself familiar with all the exit points of this building. I need you spiritually to make yourself familiar with all the exit points of your trial and tribulation. For there is no temptation taking you but such is common unto man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be attempted above that which you are able to bear but will with the temptation make a way of Escape! Somebody shout, I'm making my escape. I'm making my escape. In other words, it would be a shame for this building to catch on fire and you die in this building with big exit signs that are saying, here's your way out. Oh my God. You can't escape through an exit you don't know you have. So if you ain't got a word on it, you can't come out of it. And it has to be my word. It has to be personal. It has to be a personal word. It's got to be personal. All of y'all get a lot of logos. Logos is just a written word. Anybody can preach it, teach it, read it. But rhema word is when logos becomes yours. 
Is anybody in this place? It becomes yours. What I'm preaching today is the most powerful stuff you're ever going to get your hands on in making a transition. But if it's just logos, you got a lot of knowledge. And you know what it does? Adds to frustration. Because now I know there's a way out. He paid the price out. Listen to me. I got just a few more minutes, but I want you to understand this really clear. <clears throat> the Bible says, uh, my Wednesday night class started playing with this, and I kind of just shut the class down because I knew we was going to get into what I want to preach today. We just had a good time talking. But anyway, the Bible says, blessed are the doers, not the hearers. Because if you be a hearer of the word only and not a doer, you deceive yourself. Multitudes sitting on pews in self-deception because they hear a lot of stuff we don't practice. It's called self-deception. And I deceive myself into believing I have peace. I deceive myself into believing I have joy. I deceive myself into believing I got victory. Amen. But it's deceitful in nature because when any of the wind begins to blow, it where's your peace? Come on now. Where's your joy? So he said, uh, it's not the hearers of the word that are blessed, but the doers. The word doer, amen, comes from the Greek word poietes. Something like that. What, Scott? You know how to say it? Thank you. And it means performer. Performer. Now, we don't like to use that word because we don't believe in your performance. We believe in your potential. So God pulled me into this word. No, not, you're not blessed because you heard the word today. You're only going to be endued with the power of the word when you begin to perform the word. Are you following me? So a performer actually takes a script. And he steps out of that character into that character Oh, my God. Are y'all with me? And he starts performing this character. Now, now I need you to stay spiritual with me because in Hollywood, it's all fake. It's all false. Amen. Have you ever seen somebody you really like and he's just the good guy? He's just the general. Amen. He is, I mean... He's, he's built like old Josh back there. I mean, he's just, he's just, oh, man. And he's always saving people. Then you watch another movie, and he's a bad guy. I, I don't like that. I said, come on, man. <laughs> I was going to get a shirt with his name across the back of it, you know? He steps out of one, <laughs> he steps out of one character into another character, right? Amen. But it's all hypocritical because it's play acting. Amen. Well, the Bible teaches us if we will flip the script and forsake my own way and my own way of thinking and get the script and start performing play like, I'm going to use the word, play like, amen, practicing. That's, y'all are awesome. And I start practicing according to the script. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye. By the renewing of the mind that while I'm practicing peace and I'm following the script and I'm practicing joy and I'm playing like I'm free when my mind hadn't caught up with me or my body hadn't caught up with me, well, it starts trans, I start making my escape. 
And all of a sudden, I take on the same nature of the script. That's, that's too easy. That's coming out head first. That's coming out head first. The problem is to, to practice this script, I have to wad that script up and throw it in the trash. Hence, the adversity is great because you have a secret love affair with the one you say you hate. You've convinced yourself you hate the way you act. I hate it when I respond like that. I hate it when I... Are you listening to me? No, if we hated it bad enough, we had flipped the script. And we'd make this turn even in the dissonance gap when it seems like, my God, this ain't me. Oh, God, who am I preaching to? This ain't me. This ain't me. I'm trying to be somebody I'm not. Amen. When in reality, that's a lie from the devil because God's trying to renew you. Are you listening to me? Which means that's the way you were created from the beginning and the devil messed up the script. Is anybody so really in your dissonance gap when you feel like you're faking it, you're living more truth than you ever lived, God Almighty, than you ever lived in your life and something supernatural happens you're coming out head first my body may be craving and wanting to slap you and hit you but I'm coming out head first and I guarantee them hands will come and when it comes time to lay hands on you I won't double up my fist I'll just lay hands on you in the name of Jesus anybody listening to me shake your neighbor and tell them you got to come out head first you got to come out head first how are you going to get out by the word through the promises by the help of the Holy Spirit and the good news is he's not asking you to do anything he ain't already put inside of you grace and peace be multiplied and all things that pertain to life and godliness has been given to you. No wonder the Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect this thing? You stand before God, ain't gonna be nothing with God. I just didn't have nothing to do. I was raised by a knucklehead. It was my daddy. He done it to me. He left me. He forsook me. Mama didn't want me. Mama didn't want me. I'm telling you, I'm going to say this, and I've never said it in the public, and I only said it one time out of my mouth because of a situation of the day with a controlled audience because it's that sensitive to me. But I know how it feels to be four or five years old. I don't remember how old I was. Four or five years old, not really knowing who my daddy was. Amen. Someone who I thought was my daddy. Amen. Uh, at that time, it's just complicated. Amen. Uh, that he walked in with my half-brother, and he gave him a bicycle or something and I was standing there waiting on my gift and he turned and walked the other way I remember it distinctly as a little bitty boy dropping my head and walking out of that house feeling like I've never been so rejected in all my life I just want a father is anybody listening to me amen I'm not a preacher who don't know what it feels like to be But I come to declare to you today, that's not my story. This is my story. 
This is my story. That God put a man of God in my life. He didn't, I never called him daddy. I called him by his first name. But he taught me the word. He taught me the truth. Is anybody in this place this morning? You ain't the only one that's been hurt. So how long are you going to ride that mule? In a Because you ain't hurting nobody but you. Grind them gears. <laughs> you hear me? If you got to grind them, grind them. I don't care how much I got to struggle. Amen. I'm going to get this thing in second. If the hair lifts, the devil. Somebody said, forsake your way. Huh? It's funny how we'll love our ways so much or have such a hard time forsaking ways that are destroying our lives. Ain't got no peace, got no joy. I'm just here. My God, am I helping anybody? Is this clear? He's already put it in you. He's given you promises or your ways of escape. But first you got to forsake yours. That's hard to do when you're used to getting the last word in. <laughs> Tell you what, buddy, I got the last word in that argument. I gave them peace of my mind. Well, can I help you right now? You didn't have much left. If you just gave them a little peace. <laughs> he said, I need you to forsake your low life. Your low way of thinking. Because And see, we always, we always quote that scripture, but we don't quote the one in front of it. Oh, God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are higher than our ways. Well, the scripture for that, he said, that's why I want you to forsake your way of thinking and forsake your way of acting, and then you can walk in my ways and you can have my thoughts and their thoughts of victory. Their thoughts of victory. Are y'all good? Are y'all good? Are y'all getting this? Somebody say, I'm breaking out. Breaking out. I'm probably going to have to preach another one more sermon on this. But to escape is the certain word that you find in your Bible of put off. Saying, it, it, they're cousins in the Greek, whatever that means. They're kin to one another. Escape and put off. Put off all these anger, wrath, malice. Put off filthy, com put off filthy communication out of your mouth. Escape. Make your escape. How do I do it? Refuse to throw out the cuss word and throw out a God word. Flip the script. Huh? No wonder the Bible says if you have the faith like a little children, just play like. That don't sound legal, but it's faith. Did y'all realize that's what real faith looks like? I'm playing like. I'm playing like. Huh? Woman had a dead son laying in a room. She said, I'm just going to play like everything's all right, and I'm going to play like it until it comes true. That's what faith does. A woman was, they was finna sell her sons and the prophet said, gather vessels. He said, what do you got in the house? Just a little bitty cruise of oil. So she was gathering vessels playing like she had an abundance. And she played the script so long. <laughs> then it began to manifest itself and she just kept pouring. That's why a child can go in a playroom and go to the moon. He can go to Mars. He can build an empire. Oh, God, I'm talking about faith. No wonder the Bible says unless you have faith as a little child. Some of us don't have faith because we can't think outside our circle. 
You got to come out ahead first. You can't shout this out. I could grease you till you greasy as Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Pour all on you. Whew, speaking of chicken. Huh? And your body's out here trying to make everybody thank you free, but you're still stuck. Son, I'm telling you, God took me in a spirit of prayer this morning in that little prayer closet back there, and he liked to turn me inside out because he said, I'm going to untie some folks today. I'm going to untie the coat today. And he gave me a word that I had a trouble with, but I'm going to be bold enough to speak it because I really didn't believe this. <laughs> it says the coat was tied, but it was prophesied that that coat would usher in the glory of God. But he's tied. He's tied. He don't understand the glory. He don't understand his purpose. All he knows, he's tied. And he's tied in a vulnerable place where two mindsets, an old and the new, is fighting with one another. Now, I want you, I want you to understand me, so I'm wrestling with this, so I want to get it out right. God didn't tie the coat. But he prophesied he would be tied. But he was tied there because destiny was coming to get him. He was tied. Which means, yeah, he was tied. And he was wrestling a dysfunctional mindset. But it was so that God could untie him and use him to untie somebody else. Can somebody receive that word? Yeah, you were tied, Jennifer. And God didn't tie you. He didn't make you a prostitute. He didn't make you a drug addict. He didn't make you everything you was. But he was standing up there saying, yep, she may be tied, but I done prophesied. So I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to untie her. Ida bosa. Because I didn't intend her to stay there because I'm going to need her. Oh, God, get this. I'm going to need you to be able to walk up to somebody who is tied and instead of judging them for being tied, you're going to say, I know what it feels like. Oh, God, I'm going to run this church. I know what it feels like to be a drunk. So let me help you get untied. Can I help somebody right now with this word? You think that's your lot and it's not. Well, I just got to struggle along here because everybody didn't go through what I went through. No, no. Even when you was whoring around, Jennifer, <laughs> and everybody else was calling you just that, God was saying, uh-uh. Uh-uh, I know right where she's tied. <laughs> I done prophesied 700 years, and my Bible says before the foundations of the world, I done said. So I need to release somebody right now. Today, I'm just releasing you with the word. I ain't anointing nobody. I'm just releasing you with the word, because if this word don't do it, ain't no sense me touching you. Hear me. Hear me. You was tied because now it's the greatest asset of your ministry. Now it's the greatest asset of your ministry that when that tired individual says, I'm too tired, you can say, that's not your story. Let me tell you what your story is. My God, this. Because I'm your point of reference. 
Is anybody listening to me? You know, that's Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, you're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Lay aside weights and sins. That's really saying they're my point of reference. That if they can make it, I can make it. It don't mean they're looking over the balcony at heaven watching you saying, go. Because if they're watching most of us, they'll be saying, you knucklehead. Stay with me all over this building. God spoke to me in prayer this morning and said, I'm going to untie some colts. I'm going to untie some colts. And they're going to usher in the glory of God. Can I help somebody right now? I ain't hating on any 12-step program or anything else. And I understand the process of the Word of God in our life. But can I help somebody right now? The colt was tied one day and ushering in the glory the next. Can I tell you, you can break that mindset today? Can I tell you, you can flip the script today? Can I tell you, you can step out up and forsake? Oh, God. Oh, God. I hate to get you on your feet and, and keep preaching. I said I was going to quit that, but it was a lie. It was a bald-faced lie. Listen to me. The word renounce. Just catch this one revelation. It's going to help you. And if, you, if, you, if your legs hurt and you need to sit, sit down. It don't matter if you're standing or what. But listen to this. The English hijacked the word renounce and put it in a bad place. They should have left renounce alone and used the word denounce. Because denounce means to abandon. You know what? It means to identify as that's evil and I don't want to be a part of it. That's forsaking your thoughts. But they defined renounce like that. But if you go all the way back to the Latin, the word nounce means, it's where we get our word announce. It means to declare. To declare. To nounce means to declare. Re means to declare it again. So if you look up the Latin, renounce is actually a noun person called a renouncer. And he is an ambassador of a king. And the king would speak and he would run to the cities and renounce the intelligence of the king. Are you following me? So really, what God is calling us to do is to be renouncers that I'm just going to start declaring the intelligence of my God over my life. Because I'm telling myself I'm insecure. I'm not smart enough. I'm not anointed enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not like all those people. I'm too bound. I'm too all that. Instead of that, I'm going to forsake every bit of that and become a renouncer. I'm just going to start declaring what the king says about me. And according to my scriptures, when I'm doing that, I'm making my escape. I'm coming out. I don't know how long it's going to take for you to cut them bars. I, I, I don't know, but I believe God can flip the script right here today if you'll leave here practicing what I preached. Because if you don't, you're deceived. That's what your Bible says. Your Bible says. So without anybody touching you, without anybody anointing you, without anybody fooling with you. As Scott begins to play there, I want you to take just a few minutes and we're going to dismiss this service right where you're standing. 
and I want you to commit to forsaking your way. Come on, right where you are. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.